Welcome back to Thinking About It. I'm Bob McGregor. And I'm Stan Fowler. And we're sitting here in the auditorium. This is our sound booth, the auditorium of uh, Grandview Baptist Church, where we're looking forward to a great gathering on the Lord's Day, one-third capacity. Uh, But this is also our operating studio. So we're here uh, talking about, thinking about, out loud, um, a subject that is becoming more and more relevant today, is particularly as we look to the south. It's here too, uh, but there is a huge conversation going on about uh, what is the, the optimal social condition uh, for uh, our country, for, and particularly the United States, where uh, people are saying we need to rethink the, the systemic um, issue. Is, is capitalism really what we thought it was? Is it is it more biblical than socialism? I had a young lady who was studying, what was it, social science or something at the university. And for the first time, I, I learned that uh, they were being taught that capitalism is inherently evil. And she had embraced that. She was convinced that there, needed, there needs to be systemic revolution in Canada and that Christians of all people should see this and that socialism is inherently good. It's better. It's, it's more charitable. And uh, there hadn't been any teaching on that because we avoid political issues, thinking that this is political. But I don't think we can avoid it, Stan, because uh, Christians need to know how to think about uh, systems. And so can we just open that up and think about it out loud? Well, why not? I mean, it's obviously uh, a hot current topic. Um, Let me just back up chronologically a bit. It was 42 years ago when when I, with my family, immigrated from Middle America to Toronto. In Middle America, in my evangelical context, the word socialism was basically a swear word. I mean, in, in my circles, you, you, no real thinking Christian could possibly be favorable towards socialism. So I came to Toronto, to another evangelical Baptist church, similar in so many ways to my church in middle America. And the next thing I know, I'm chatting with a, a wonderful guy, a longtime member of the church, retired high school teacher, um, who was totally convinced that any serious Christian should be a socialist. And I thought, I really have crossed a border here. Mm-hmm. Really am in a new situation. So, I, I, I mean, there are uh, perhaps a growing number of evangelical Christians who are now saying uh, what this young woman said to you some time back. They're, they're saying, look, if we're, if we're serious about loving our neighbor, if we're serious about the common good, about caring for other people, then, then surely that pushes us in a, in a direction of socialism rather than capitalism or free market um, economy. Some of them would say, look, we have, we have biblical, clear biblical reason for that. Probably the the most obvious arguments, I think, if we focus on New Testament, would be when you look in the book of Acts, 
the early church. I mean, almost all of us read Acts 2 and say, okay, that's the kind of church we want to be. Mm -hmm. Well, they were the kind of church where they had everything in common. People were selling their property, selling their goods, giving it to others who had less. Um, so you have you have a kind of community of goods going on there. Now, three chapters later, in chapter 5, we have the Ananias and Sapphira account, where it becomes clear that, that this sharing, this, this community of goods, was a voluntary thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Peter says to Ananias, look, the, the land was yours, and after you sold it, the money was yours. You could do with it as you chose. You, you've chosen to lie about it. But, but he says, you could do with it what you want. It, it was really yours. So there was still this recognition that although they were sharing, it wasn't as if it, wa- it were a compulsion, an edict, but, but they were sharing, and there was community of goods. The other New Testament text that's significant, I think, is Second um, Corinthians 8 and 9, where, where Paul is reminding the Corinthian church about their expressed desire a year before that to contribute to the collection among the Gentile churches for the poor church in Jerusalem, wracked by famine. And, and in chapter 8 of Second Corinthians, verses 13 to 15, he says... Your plenty now will provide for their need. Time may come when their plenty will provide for your need. But the goal, he says, is equality, that everybody might have enough. So there, there is this sense that, that the church is called to think in a communal way in what might be called a socialist way. Now, but, but we have to recognize that's that's a what we see there is a voluntary kind of um, community of goods in a voluntary community, the church, which is not the whole of society. Mm-hmm. It's not imposed by edict from above, but but there is the sense of uh, of recognizing that what I have, I should be more than willing to share if. If you have a need, and I don't need as much as I have. So it, it's easy to see why some believers would feel a kind of Christian push mm-hmm. in the direction of socialism. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't answer all the hard economic questions. Because, as I said, what we're talking about is voluntary sharing in a voluntary community. Um, now, we already have... In, in the Canadian context, certainly, and frankly, also in the American context, significant elements of, of a kind of socialism. I mean, our uh, single-payer government, Medicare, universal Medicare, is, is the obvious example here. But there are others here that would even have parallels in the USA. CPP here, Social Security in the mm-hmm. USA. We, that's not a matter of individual investment, and I get back exactly what I paid into it. Everyone pays into it, and then people receive from it in retirement a 
according to how long they live. In yeah. other words, according to their total needs. So there are already elements of it, but the question is how far do we push beyond that? Yeah, so let's just define a few things here. Yeah. When, when we say socialism, capitalism, essentially, you know, what, what is the root difference between those two systems? Well, I think at the heart of it, uh, I'm not an economist. I still remember those four econ courses I did in university uh, a long, long time ago. I mean, in, in, in socialism, you have government ownership of, of, of the means of production and distribution. In, in what we call capitalism, um, we have private ownership and, and thus private decisions about what to do with, with the capital, with, with the ownership of means of production and distribution. But sometimes, well, there's a distinction, I suppose, people would often make between capitalism and a free market economy. I mean, the, the, the point of a free market is, is individual freedom to generate wealth, uh, to acquire wealth, to use the wealth in ways that hopefully are for the common good, as well as personal benefit. Um, but sometimes when people talk about capitalism, what they have in view is a system in, in which only a very few uh, have all the wealth. And they are motivated by greed. Right. Gordon Gecko, greed is good. Yeah. And that's that's what they think is the driving force in, in capitalism. The more greedy people you have, the more entrepreneurialism there is. And of course, the I mean, many would argue this is not a it's 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 not a decision that's based on some kind of direct biblical revelation about whether a socialistic economy could be right. It's more based on what, what actually does promote human flourishing and the common good. And, and many would argue that the evidence of attempts at socialism is not good. It, it, as someone says, um, the problem with socialism is ultimately um, you run out of other people's money to spend. Right. I think that was Margaret Thatcher. I, 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 think, I think it was Margaret Thatcher. Uh, who was a fierce uh, defender of free market economics. Uh, she and Ronald Reagan, you know, were uh, contemporaries. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and so many, many others have made the same point. They've made the point that it was Churchill, I think, who said, um, if you're 20 years old and you're not a socialist, you have no heart. If you're 40 years old and you are a socialist, you have no head. <laughs> um, in other words, over yes, there, there is the idealism of the young, and we've seen that south of mm -hmm. the border mm -hmm. in, in the Bernie Sanders mm -hmm. campaigns to, to seek to be the Democratic nominee for president. Mm -hmm. um, so, so much of his uh, campaign was rooted in the idealism of young adults. And I understand that. But but many would argue that while while greed obviously is according to the Bible idolatry, greed is wrong. Um, your or my or anyone's basic intent should not be I want to become as wealthy as possible. We should be generous and ready to share. 
if, if God has given us wealth. But, but, but you can't redistribute wealth if no one creates wealth. And so the evidence, I would argue, along with many, indicates that to, to create that wealth, which can be redistributed, you have to give people freedom to make their economic decisions. So is it okay for a young person to say, I want to be successful, I'm going to work hard, I'm, I want to build a business, I want to be like Warren Buffett or someone like that. I'm not, I'm not, a, not a bad person, and, uh, and I want to use my wealth for good, but I want to be wealthy, and I'll work hard to be wealthy if, if the ceiling is high enough. Is that a Christian thing to say? Can it be? I think it can be. Um, I, I think, for example... Um, what Paul says in in First Timothy six, on the one hand, he does say the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, and so he's he's negative about greed, no question about it. But later in that same chapter, mm-hmm. he talks about God who generously gives us all good things to enjoy, mm-hmm. and he says so. Timothy, when you're counseling wealthy Christians, counsel them that. It's okay to enjoy mm-hmm. what God and his providence provides for us in the way of wealth, but counsel them to be generous and ready to share. So it's one thing to say, I just want to make as much money as I can, and I have no interest in sharing that with others. But it's another thing to say, I, I want to create a successful business environment. I want to provide uh, meaningful, properly remunerated work. For other people, I want to treat employees well. I want to give away a significant chunk of that wealth mm-hmm. that I wealth I have far beyond what I need. So, wouldn't that be a, a good thing if more and more if our if our society uh, created um, an environment where those kinds of people could flourish and be generous and and support uh, all kinds of good charities. What, what would be wrong with that? How could that go wrong? Well, I think it, it only goes wrong if people amass wealth for themselves and don't find productive ways to use it for the common good. Um, but while we're affirming freedom and free markets, I, I, think, I think our American Christian friends need to recognize that doesn't answer the question. How, 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 do you, how do you find ways to care for our neighbors in terms of health care? In other words, um, something like socialized health care doesn't have to be the boogeyman that, that many Christian friends of mine make it out to be. Um, we, we all recognize that, that there, are, there are many ways in which we choose as a society to care for one another. It's not just Lone Ranger, everyone for himself. Mm-hmm. And, and that can be done while at the same time um, having a free market economy and encouraging individual initiative. So a, a social conscience is important, but to say I must have a social conscience is not to answer all the hard questions about the best economic system to get us there. Mm-hmm. Well, Stan, we're out of time. We just scratched the surface of this issue, but uh, I think we need to be grateful. I know I am that whatever you call Canada, capitalist or socialist, uh, it has allowed a lot of people to uh, 
build a livelihood for their families to grow. And we do have uh, a tremendous support network for uh, the poor. It's not perfect, but I do think that it's something that in God's providence, he's given the world, Canada being an example of uh, a society where people flourish. And we need to keep working to keep that, um, to save it, to protect it, to build upon it. But we can maybe have this conversation again. Uh, People in the States are voting. There's a very clear decision. It seems to me we're told that it's socialism or capitalism, left or right. I don't think it's ever been as clear in that way before. So it's, it's a thought that people are vocalizing. And as Christians, we need we need to be clear, you know, what what is capitalism? What is socialism? Is there a blending of the two? So let's let's pick up this conversation again. We'll we do could. it. We're out of time. I'm Bob McGregor here at uh, Grandview Baptist Church in our studio auditorium. Thanks for listening. Thank you.